0: Hi, I'm Damien King-Lee, and this is the fucked up story of my life, and the lives of my guests. In this series of podcasts, I'll be speaking to unique and inspiring individuals about their life, their personal stories, struggles, and experiences. Hi there, and welcome to Life Is with Damien King-Lee. This is The Voice, and I'm talking to you this week all the way from the Serengeti in Tanzania. Yes, a remote introduction. So our guest this week is the incomparable Tech9 and special co-host is Alex Chisnall with Damien. And I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did listening to it. Tech is an incredible rapper, entrepreneur, and philosopher, all around good egg. And in fact, he recorded this entire episode um, in the car, uh, in between meetings, and he was still one of the mo- most fascinating people that we've met. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. So look, so, uh, so tech, um you know, I just talked a little bit previously about um, what uh, what the show is and life is, uh, our show, and it's really talking to you about your incredible journey, man, and the, the so, career that you've built for yourself to who you are today and finding out, what's and all, really, from, from your early days, how you got to where you are and how you are today and where you're going.
1: So, yes, sir, uh, Well, a lot of... <laughs> That's a that's a long story. That's but, uh, a long
0: story. But let's take it right back. I mean, let's take it right back if you don't mind. I mean, love not to Right. Well, love that's to really hear from, you know, early days, school days, man. T- tell us about you growing up as a kid, what was family life for you? You know, tell us all about that. we you'd love to know it.
1: Well, I was um born in 1971, mm-hmm. November 8th. So I have a birthday coming up. You know what I mean? I I grew up here in Kansas City, Missouri. Wayne Minor Projects, um, where my family taught me rhythm at the breakfast table and the dinner table by beating on the table and taking the forks against uh, glass cups. You know what I mean? And um, they taught me how to spell my name, Aaron, uh, in a rhythm because I could never spell it right. You know what I'm saying? So they told me they taught me to. Do it in a rhythm, a like capital A, little A-R-O-N. You know what I mean? So I learned how to spell my name like that in a rhythm. Rhythm stuck with me. I was a dancer before I was a rapper. Um, wow. In fourth grade, I was in talent shows dancing to a um, song called Scorpio by Grandmaster, Grandmaster mm-hmm. Flash and the Furious Five. Damn, Nice. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: so I was a break dancer and a pop locker back in the day. So. Through, through all the Roger Troutman era and all that, you know what I'm saying? I was pop-locking and break-dancing. But then the MC Hammer uh, era came, mm-hmm. and I was a, I was a dancer like MC Hammer, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of my guys that are here from Kansas City went to go dance for MC Hammer, but I stayed back to, to start working on my craft lyrically, you know what I mean? And um, I started rapping in the year of 85. I think that was like seventh grade. I wrote my first rhyme, and um, I started getting into various groups. You know, I was cool with everybody in school. You know what I mean? I didn't have a lot. We didn't have a lot of money, but um, I always um, was popular in school for my talent, you know, to dance and to bust raps. I used to beatbox as well, you know what I mean, for Mm -hmm. other rappers, like... (laughs) You know, saying back in the day, <laughs> I it. could do it way better back then, though. You uh-huh. know, but uh, you still got it in you, I'm dogs, sure. When I wrote my rap, when I first wrote, wrote my first rap in '85, um, the guys that I was beatboxing for didn't speak to me no more because I was better than them. You know, I had this, I had, I, I didn't have a name back then, so my my rap name was my middle name, Dantez, You know, so I had this rap that said, D O N T E Z Z. Devastating beatbox, that's who i be. And when I walked in, MIT, <laughs> the party, people jump. And when I walk into the party, guaranteed to bump. Yo, now I'm stopping rapping in the year of 85, but when the money dog's rapping, if rappers want to cry. <laughs> you know, I was like, ba yeah. Back then, everybody else couldn't rap like that. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't have no more friends after that in the, in the hip hop game, because I was better than everybody. <laughs> getting better and better. And I jumped to 1993. Well, I actually got my name Tech nine in '88. I can't, I can't miss that. Mm-hmm, I got mm-hmm. my name tag nine in 1988. How'd that come about? Walter uh, Jefferson, you know, and um, from then, from from there on, from '88, 1993, I got my first record deal with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Um, flew us out to L.A. I got to meet Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. If you don't know who they are, they did music for uh, Janet Jackson. You know okay. what I mean? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. 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 So um, they yeah. saw something in me, but the people that they hired to run their label didn't see the vision. They didn't know what to do with a guy that was uh, eclectic like myself. You know what I mean? Like When it came to music tastes like a mixture of uh, rock and jazz, and, uh, hip hop and blues, everything. You know what I'm saying? Gospel, operatic uh, style music. You know, they didn't know what to do with that. So um, I lost that deal in like 95, maybe. So 95, I got with a um, producer and a DJ here by the name of DJ Icy Rock, and we started a group called um, Nuthouse. And Nuthouse, we did a lot of college um, dates and stuff like that, but we never got to put any music out. That group fell apart. Then I got my next deal in 97 with Quincy Jones. He did Michael Jackson's Quincy music. Jones. Yeah, legend.
0: Really,
1: wow. You know, somewhere else, like, in there with the Jackson somehow. I don't know. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm a Michael Jackson or a rap. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> rest of soul, Michael Jackson. So um, after that uh, deal in 97, um, ha- that didn't go well, even though I'm still yeah. cool with Quincy Jones and his son, QD3, who was my producer back then. Uh, this is just my journey up to where I'm at right now. You know what I mean? I'm Mm -hmm. I'm at 97 right now. Um, Around 98, I met my partner, Travis, here in Kansas City. And he liked what I did musically. And um, he said, what do you think about partnering up? Doing a label. And I'm like, yeah. So in 99, we got together. And uh, we did our first record through... J-Core Interscope, and they didn't do us the right way. So after that, we were done with the majors, you know, and we just went fully independent. And now we're 20 years in the game, mm-hmm. the number one independent label in the world, Tech 9 Travis O'Goyne, Strange Music. Ah, That's the quick story.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> My way! wow, wow, wow. <laughs> So man, so I mean, like, so at those early stages, though, I mean, going back to you know, you were a da- I never knew that you're a dancer. That, that's that's incredible. So, I mean, what was your family life back like then? I mean, did you have a supportive family? And you know, oh, yeah, brothers? yeah. Who was who was my, that?
1: My family uh, raised me Christian, mm-hmm. Christian family. I'm talking about to the point to where my relatives have their own church and. With my family, I went to church every day of the week. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You know what <laughs> I mean? Because Monday would be the sewing circle. Tuesday would be uh, the choir rehearsal for the, for the, for the, for the uh, seniors. Um, Wednesday would be the choir rehearsal for the sunshine band I was in. Thursday would be something else. I don't know. Just midnight worship or something. It was just always something at church. But my mom married a muslim when i was 12 so we moved away from my christian family and i studied islam from 12 to 17 i ran away from home at 17 because i didn't understand the strictness of my islamic father i mean stepfather mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i didn't realize that he was trying to make me a stronger and better man by the things he would do you know what i'm saying if i had messed up i was really punished for it not beat or anything like that just On punishment, you know what I mean? And um I took some of the teachings from Islam with me, and Christianity with me, of course, because that's how I was raised with both. I ran away from home at 17 and just started working on my craft. And around around that time is when I started moving from house to house. I was a nomad. I didn't have any money for real, you know what I'm saying? I just had my talent, and with all that talent. I got my name Tech Nine Eighty Eight. Got my first deal in '93. Got my second deal in '97. Got my last deal in '99. I mean '98. And uh, I never looked started back. Started in '99. You know what I yeah, mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Never looked I, back.
1: I ain't went back home since.
0: Wow, wow.
1: And <laughs> I'm I mean, I'm, about, you know, yeah. My had away home. You know, from my mom's house, and I lost her in 2014 to lupus. Rest her soul. But she's always here in spirit in my chest you know what i'm sizzling so it's like you mm-hmm. never left you know what i mean but She's right um, by your side yeah man so and
0: what That's about what your the, mom at the time i mean what and your stepdad i mean what what sort of career did they hope for you i mean were they musical and uh, theatrical um, and they wanted to let you follow that passion or they had a different idea for you
1: my stepfather didn't want me to be a rapper but my mom respected music because she played the clarinet and stuff like that. She Mm -hmm. always pushed me to be what I wanted to be. But my stepfather, I don't know what he wanted me to be. You know what I mean? But but I know he said something to me when I was younger. He said, "Um, why do you want to be a rapper? You don't have anything different than everybody else. What you got? It sounds different than you sound like everybody else. So that made me want to do something different. Mm. You know what I mean? Being that he said that I probably wouldn't make it as a rapper because everybody does the same exact thing and copies each other, you know? And that made me want to go a different way. And I and I appreciate him for saying that to me at a younger age because maybe I would have tried to do exactly what Run DMC was doing or, you know, NWA was doing or Public Enemy was doing. But I just took everything that I heard and that I liked from Slick Rick and uh, Public Enemy and. Boogie Down Productions and Eric B and Rakim and, you know, NWA and J and all that. and I'll put it together, man. You know what I'm saying? I put it on top of the love that I had for uh, The Doors and mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix and, wow. you know, mm-hmm. all that old school rock. You know what I mean? And then it just got harder in the 90s, you know what I mean, with um, Nirvana and, Pearl Jam, and then it got real hard in 99 with Slipknot. I fell in love with Slipknot, and, oh, man, cool. just just that love for all that different types of music, all the while loving opera-style music and jazz and everything, and you can hear it all in my music, all those um, yeah. infused together, you know? And my style, lyrically, you know, being sort of like percussive. Follow mm-hmm. me all around the planet, around the game without no psychology. They can never manage to damage with no apology. You know, so it's like a, a drummer. You know what I'm saying? So, I always danced on beats because I was a dancer. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it makes tra- me.
0: Sorry, Tech. Do you take do you trace that back then to to your stepfather and um, you know him saying that to you about? what different what's gonna differentiate you from, from these other rappers. And it sounds like you know you, you really evolved your style and you've taken influences from right across the spectrum to make it so unique.
1: Totally man. I'm glad you said that to me because I didn't want to look or sound like anybody or anything that anybody heard before. So when I created Tech9, I wanted Tech Nine to be the complete MC you know, lyrically, I could go fast, I could go slow, I could I could tell stories, I could use my imagination. Just no barriers, no genre barriers, no cultural barriers, no nothing. That's why it's like a melting pot at my shows. You know, um mm. I wanted Tech Nine to be that that superhero of rhyme. And so when I stepped out on stage with red spiked hair and a bishop's mm. robe and painted face. Those major labels didn't know what the hell to do with that, dude. (laughs) So they was like, okay, it's metal. Okay, it's hip-hop. It's gangster. It's gospel. Like, what the hell? Who the the hell hell is this guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who the hell is that? So we had to start Strange Music, me and my partner, to show the world how to do this now. And doing that, it made it all. A harder and longer road for us, but we've been sustaining over the years, you know what I mean, decades of sustaining. You know what I mean? Because we went another route. Mm-hmm. For one, being independent using your own money is a hard route. Once you lose money and you put more money in, you know, they say they say that's insanity, but not in this case, because we kept putting money in expecting a different outcome and different outcomes kept coming it was a it was a point in time where i wanted to give up around 2005 because i felt like people weren't getting what we were saying you know i was i was making songs like why you ain't call me you know like talking to all the artists like back then like jay-z and Ludacris and all these people that i know y'all see that i'm dope but you know it wasn't about that it was like i had to I had to build my own road and my own lane to show people. And when people started recognizing the lane that I started independently and thriving in it, you know, then that's when the big features start coming, like Wayne taking notice and T.I. taking notice and getting the verse from Eminem and getting Mm -hmm. the song with Corey Taylor of Slipknot and Serge Tonkin and Jonathan Davis of, you know what I'm saying, corn, or Gary Clark Jr. I think mean, it just goes on for days, man. Of mm-hmm. people that praise what Tech9 is, and it's been a long, hard road because I've always been different. But, but I had did to you stand have- out. My stepfather said, "What are you gonna do that makes you stand out?" And boy, did uh-huh. I stand mm-hmm. out loud. Uh
0: huh. But <laughs> did you ever, along the way, early on, feel the pressure to think, "Shit, this isn't working"? I need to yeah. start to go what they're telling me I should be doing, or more or mainstream, or or you stuck to your guns.
1: <laughs> the thing, the thing about it is, I felt that way, but myself wouldn't let myself join the bandwagon because I understood that if I did what the fad was at the time, then when that fad goes out, so do I. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've seen so many major artists rise and fall Mm -hmm. because they fall when everything changes. Mm. You know what I mean? I know a lot of rockers felt a way about Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all the grunge, and they said it took away all the hair bands, but I think what they saw later on in the years is that those hair bands aren't going to always be respected once they kept going and didn't give up. And that's what I did, man. You know, I didn't ever have to adjust my music to sound like what's hot at that time. It's just that the people that were hot at that time wanted to do music with me and I did my stuff on their stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what
0: I mean? You stay true to yourself, man. True to yourself the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So, I mean, look, you know, for me as a kid, I grew back up in Australia. You know, that's where I grew up and, uh, you know, I'm a little bit older than you. What
1: part? What part of Australia? Out from Sydney. What part of Sydney. Sydney. I love Sydney. Do you like Sydney? <laughs> the, I've done Sydney. So I'm, I'm talking about, I've had days off in Sydney where I went to the zoo and everything. Taronga okay. Zoo. Yeah. Wow. yeah. wow. Yeah. So you've been out there quite a few times, I'm, I'm huh? talking, I'm, I'm, Yeah. I'm, like, I've, I've, I've probably done Sydney, like, maybe seven times in my life. I don't oh, know. Awesome. You know, because every year we usually... Every year, every other year, we usually go down and do all of Australia and uh New Zealand as well. You know what I mean? We go. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So you, know, you do what Christchurch Christ yeah. and
0: Christchurch too,
1: and what working what?
0: holidays or a you, you, bit of both. You're mixing pleasure and business down there.
1: No, just just, just working, working, just working. You know, so I haven't, I haven't. On um, yeah, but I've have I've had off days, like I said, and um. Sydney, you know what I mean. I, my last birthday, I spent in Melbourne. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. You know, all right. I had a couple of off days in Melbourne. My lady <laughs> came down and kicked it with me on my birthday in Melbourne. You know. Yeah. So what, I got. got a lot of fans down under.
0: You have, man. You have. I mean, what's your favorite Aussie food?
1: Um.
0: You like veggie, mine
1: I don't know, man. I can't remember, man. Because, you know, we smoke a lot of weed down there. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. All I know is my drink of choice down there was the Cosmopolitan.
0: The Cosmopolitan. you seriously you're doing Cosmopolitans in Australia? <laughs> that's not, <Yeah. laughs> that's uh, not very much, uh, man. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, I, I miss home. I live here in the UK now, but uh, you know, Sydney's a beautiful city and uh you know it's got yep. a great harbor and beaches and uh, great quality of life. Totally. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yes, wow. sir. So do you get out to here to the UK as
1: well that often? Totally, man. I, I was there all last year. I did um two tours in Europe last year. Um, let me see. I, I Hold on. I did I did Australia and New Zealand in January, I think. Then February, I did um, Canada. Then March, I think we flew to Europe. Then April, May, we did 56 cities domestically here in the U.S. Then we wow. went back for... Um, some festivals in Europe. So I did five tours last year. That's why when COVID hit this year and we were supposed to start a tour in April and we didn't, I was cool on that. You were happy with that, you got a break.
0: (laughs) Hope you enjoyed what you heard. Uh, We had fun doing it. There's another part to all this, so tune in next week. And if you have a chance, subscribe. Thank you.